So guys, we are, y'all, yes, have a seat. Um, <clears throat> please, please don't stand up the whole time. Um, we, we're going to spend a little bit of time in Isaiah chapter 26. If you want to go ahead and start turning there in your Bible, in a few minutes we're going to get into Hebrews chapter 10. But before I go too much further, I want to go ahead and tell you guys a story. Jill and I had recently married. We had moved to Bryan County, and one of the first things that happened was uh, my bride found a deer with her car. Um, and I, I said, you know, I, I was relatively established when Jill and I got married, and um, I had several vehicles, and I said, you know, it's, it's okay. This is not you know, fun. It's not a good thing, but we'll get through it. Um, I, I'm not going to put you in the 450-horsepower hot rod that I have and send you back and forth to work, though. I'm going to put you in my truck in case another deer runs out in front of you. Um, and I'm going to drive the hot rod back and forth to work. <laughs> um, so I put her in the truck, and I, uh, y'all know I was in the military. It was, it was a drill weekend. On a Friday night, I had to work late. I'm driving home and on the interstate at night, and the headlights die on my Camaro. And I'm like, oh, what, what is that? And then the gauges die, and all the electronics start to go out, and I'm going, what is going on with my car? I pull over, and it has, it's got water everywhere. And it's starting to short out things. And I was like, well, I guess I got to get a wrecker. And Jill doesn't have my truck anymore because um, I got to work tomorrow. So I, I, I get home and I figure out what's going on. And I say, I, I've got to get this thing fixed because her car is still in the shop. She's got to go to work Monday. And there's no option other than to stay up late. I grab the keys of the truck. I head to the parts store. I get parts that I need. And I come home. And there I am in my driveway with the hood up on the car. And uh, some of you guys may, uh, may understand exactly what I'm showing you here. My neighbor pulls up behind me, and I'm like, eh. And he comes, and he's asking me, what, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, I'm working on the car. What are you doing? And he, go, and he goes, I just want to stop by to see you. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, dude. We had just moved to this neighborhood, and I'm, I'm, hey, man, since you're standing there, I got the wrong wrench in my mouth. Will you hand me that one over there on the floor? And he stands there and talks to me for a few minutes. And have you ever been there? You're, you're doing something. Mom, maybe you're in the kitchen and your kid comes in there and you're, you're trying to pay attention to, to what you're doing because I've learned that if you don't do the cookies just right, they won't do, you just end up with mush. Um, I don't know how to do that. I've tried it a couple times and it just never worked. But you're, you're, you're in a position where you don't want to be distracted. And this guy just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I finally kind of told him a little bit, well, my wife hit a deer, you know. And I turn around, he goes, hey, by the way, your truck's got a puddle under it. And I was like, oh, mercy. And he's, he goes, well, how about this, man? I'll tell you something. He said, drive my truck, my, my car to work tomorrow. And I was like, dude, I don't even know your name. And you're telling me to drive your car to work tomorrow? And he goes, yeah, man, God's blessed me. I'm in good shape. We've got another vehicle. I don't have anywhere to go to tomorrow. you got to go to work. Drive my car to work tomorrow. It's fine. And I'm like, dude, I'm Tyler. Who are you, and why are you weird? <clears throat> and um, he's, he laughs a little bit, and I was like, dude, I'm not taking your car. I appreciate it, but no. And he goes, okay, well, I'm walking home. I'm leaving my keys in my car. It's in your driveway. The door's open. If it gets stolen overnight, it's your fault. And left. <clears throat> 
So I drove his car to work. <laughs> and, you know, I found out rolling through the gate that his window didn't roll down and, you know, a couple other things. But I filled it up with gas and I made sure all the, the things were done. I took him his car back. I got our cars fixed. And then the next Sunday, Jill and I were still going to church all the way in Brunswick. We live on the Brian Bullock line. That's a haul to go to church. It's, it's almost untenable. Um, and, and Jill says, hey, let's, are, are we going to church this morning? And I said, you know, I want to do something different. This guy down the road that let me borrow his car, I, I kind of want to go to church where he goes to church. I want to see what this is about. Um, so I shot him a text. and was like, hey, man, what time does church start? Um, and he gave me some information, and we met them. And I'll tell you guys that that experience is what led me to stand where I am right now. That church, the people in that church, the teaching of that church called me from mediocre Christianity to dedicated faith, to authentic followership and submission to Christ. Because some weirdo stopped in my driveway and refused to not let me drive his car. I'm going to do, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Mike in just a minute to come up here. Um, most of the time when, you, when, when we see people interviewed up here, it's somebody else being interviewed by Pastor Mike. I'm actually going to interview him this morning. Today's, me today's message is about church. Uh, it's about why we need church. It's about what church brings to us, the benefits that come from being active and engaged in church in our lives. The Apostle Paul told the, the Corinthians to follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. As Pastor Mike, you can come on up here, boss. As, as he and I and, and the rest of the staff, our, our small group leaders, all those types of people, we're called to, to live as examples. So I'm going to ask Pastor Mike a couple questions, interview him um, about the impact church has had in his life. Because believe it or not, even as leaders in a church, we need it just as much as we recognize those we serve need it. So the first question, a little bit raw, um, how did the church impact and help you when your mother went to be with Jesus? Truthfully, that's not raw. Uh, my mom is with Jesus right now, and that's a beautiful thing, and she was ready to go. In fact, when I walked out of the door after talking about WKRP in Cincinnati, my dad said, you forgot the biggest part of the story, and then it hit me. My mom was the secretary for WKRP in Cincinnati, the radio, and my dad swears up and down that the character Lonnie Anderson plays was based on my mother. <laughs> uh, look, when I lost my mom... The, the first word that comes to my mind is outpouring, outpouring. There was an outpouring from our church. And, and I use that word specifically because I hear that word about you guys all the time. Hey, Mike, I got to tell you, man, the church has just, it's just been an outpouring of love and support. And uh, I experienced that for the first time. I, I, everybody in the church that has my cell number shot me a text or gave me a phone call. Uh, we got cards in the mail and letters in the mail, and I'd run into you in town and and, and we talk, and several of you say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. Uh, that meant more than 
then you know. I've always tried to encourage you to do that. And of course, I do that. It's part of my job description. But to have it returned is very, very powerful to me. That meant a lot. Uh, I'll tell you something else about it. From the very beginning at this church, we have said that membership at Grace ought equal ministry. If you're a member of Grace, you ought to be a minister. It is impossible with a small staff in a church this size to be aware of all the needs, to be able to meet all those needs, to be able to try and encourage all those people in all those situations. That's why we talk about you ministering in your circle of influence. Uh, You guys ministered to me a year ago when my mom died. I was brand new. I had been here for just a couple of months. Was there any trepidation on your part when John and I said, boss, go, go. if y'all don't know, he showed up to work. That's what he did. And we said, boss, go home. We, we'll handle church. You go home. And John, the truth is, John and I really didn't have a plan yet, but we told him, we didn't tell him that, but we told him, go home. Was there any anxiety Absolutely. <laughs> no, there wasn't at all. Um, I, 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 I know you and John are perfectly capable. Uh, I know that you, and it was obvious at that time, I needed to be with my family. I wasn't trying to prove anything by coming to work. It's just my responsibility. And I don't give up my responsibility very often on Sundays. Uh, so cherish this Sunday. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> because it is my responsibility. But, but, but here's, I would be the worst church leader and hypocrite in the church ever if I thought this church needed me. See, the, the, the church is organic. The, the church is alive because Christ makes it alive. Uh, leaders come and go. Uh, the idea that this church needs me or you or any one of us uh, is a fairy tale. It's a fantasy. God's church is supposed to work on its own. Uh, that's because you are the church. Not the leadership and certainly not the building. Were there any other major moments uh, since grace was started where, where you've found relationships in the church that, that have just helped you? Oh, absolutely. Um, when we started this church 26 plus years ago, I had a head full of black hair. <laughs> I weighed about 25 pounds less than I weigh now. Um, We've been at this a very, very long time, Um, but it doesn't seem that long, and I'm very grateful for that. I pray you can say the same thing 20 years from now. It doesn't seem that long because no sooner does God present a challenge that through God's people, we meet the need. I can remember 20 years ago when we were staring at building this building, and the church was probably barely a fifth the size it is today. And in about six months, we collectively gave nearly $800,000 to build this building. It was incredible. It assured me that God will take care of his church. He always will. He'll always meet our needs if our needs are in him. Uh, No sooner had we done that that the church started growing and we needed to go to double services. And once again, God took care of this church. We found the people and the help and the volunteers and the the servants willing to serve. I can remember when John started developing a friendship with Stephen Karimi from Kenya. And next thing you know, we're putting John and a couple of board members on an airplane, flying them to Kenya to purchase property to start a mission. Uh, And God provided. And now you know what it's grown into. There are over 300 students that go to our school 
in Kenya, the Mission Tomei School, I should say. Uh, and now we're staring at another project, and I'm, I'm certain God will meet those needs. It, uh, it's, not as if, uh, it's not as if you're never afraid when you stare down something like that, but this is where the church meant something to me personally. Whether it was this building or that building or Kenya, there were always many of you who would say, hey, what you said Sunday, hey, I'm all for that. I'm behind that. Hey, this church will support that idea. We'll get behind that. That's always been really good to me. I feel extremely blessed as a minister to have that kind of relationship with the congregation because I know other ministers, and it's a constant fight. It's a push-pull kind of relationship, and I'm just grateful to you that this has never been that way. Thank I've you. always felt support. Am I done? Thank you. You're free to go. <clears throat> Time. promise I'm not throwing those um, this, this week. Look, uh, the benefits of togetherness, the benefits of being the church are, are we're on equal playing field. The, whether it's Pastor Mike, myself, Miss Paulette, Miss Amy, the guys singing and playing instruments, students, parents, whoever it is, the, the benefit of being the church is always there. I want to give you guys just a little bit of a reminder that, that last week, uh, rock-solid principle uh, number one was faith. As what Pastor Mike, uh, what, how we started this series is that our faith in Christ ought to impact the way we live. A, a lot of people were out last week because it was a holiday week. If you, if you weren't here for that, didn't catch it online, go, go check that out. It's the foundation for this, this series we're doing today. As you noticed, we're, we're talking about the church and how we collectively are stronger together. The fellowship and, and benefits of being the church helps us all as we go through life. Last week, Pastor Mike unveiled the theme verse from Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. That verse was, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself is a rock eternal. I'm going to go back into that verse, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to take a couple steps backward to verse 1 and look at what Isaiah is really, really talking about as we... we Come to that theme that verses 3 and 4 are talking about. So in verse 1, in that day, we just finished the series about the end times. Is this the end? It's not the end. That day is referencing those times. This is the millennial kingdom where Jesus is here on earth. So phrase everything about that on the, 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 the wonderful time the wonderful environment that would be. We may not be there now, but if we have an image of what it's supposed to look like, this is what's coming. This song will be sung in the land of Judah. That song, uh, we're gonna, worship is next week. We're going to break that down. How, how people, God's creation, is musical by nature. It may not be that everybody stands up and sings in front of a microphone, but the rhythm the sounds, we are musical beings. This is the song. We have a strong city. That, 
is the impact of togetherness with Christ. With God's people together, with Christ in their presence, that city is strong. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith. So you've got nation used twice. One, you've got a descriptiveness of the righteous nation. This is God's people. The collective people. The people together. A nation is not made of one person. But the collective people of, of Jesus, that not alone, this kingdom perfection we're looking towards. And then we have the theme. You will keep in perfect peace. That perfect peace, that's awesome. Because as, as wonderful as life can be, perfect peace doesn't exist right now. We have hope for it. But that perfect peace, that genuine, that, uh, that the true security, the, the, the complete peace that's, that, that is what perfect is. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. That's the foundation. How everything's possible is trust in Christ. Again, that's what Pastor Mike went through last week. If you, if you hadn't caught that, please go back and, and take a look at it. Peace is possible for us in this life as well. Again, it's not, not the same as what is to come, but this is the model we're supposed to reach for, the model we, we live by now. Until then, how is peace possible? Faith, again, last week is the beginning Second part, what today is about, is the strong city. How we build a strong city. Again, I'm going to ask you guys to flip with me to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to pick it up in verse 23, but a little bit about what was going on. The author of Hebrews kind of was giving instruction and encouragement to believers to remain faithful to one another. There was some speculation about the purpose that, that, that the author of Hebrews actually wrote. But the bottom line is there were, there were pagan converts and there were, there were Jewish converts. In either case, the church was dealing with pressure from, from those who were like them before they converted. And, and there was a call to remain faithful to one another. Does that sound familiar though, the pressure? to our current environment at all? Does this mean this could be applicable to, to us at all? There's pressure around us to be and do a certain way. There's a lot of wisdom in the book of Hebrews that applies to, to life in and outside the church. And we're being told in this, this passage that we're going to look at how to deal with that. That call to persevere. So Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 23, let us hold unswervingly. Last week, Jill and I were, were on vacation and we left uh, on, on Friday morning headed towards North Carolina. And if y'all didn't know it was raining some last week, it was raining. <clears throat> and if you've ever been on the interstate with people when it's raining, I promise I'm not going to go pick those wrenches up right now. 
Um, it, it was frustrating. Um, and I'll tell you that if you've ever driven in the rain, the rain itself makes driving a little more more anxious, makes it more so for some than others. But especially when it's a big rain, the rain that sits on the road for a little while and you feel the, the, the ruts in, in the highway that you don't normally feel when you're just driving and it's, it's a beautiful day, but rain starts to collect in those and your vehicle starts to pull and, and do things that you're not expecting and you're not comfortable with. Even the most comfortable drivers go, mm, I might need to slow down a little bit. But you, you recognize that there's this tendency to swerve. And then you throw in a semi-truck and the spray, and you can't see anymore. And this, you, you tend to tighten up on the wheel a little bit. Now, I'm not saying you're, you know, you're, you're, you're shutting down and you, and you won't drive. I'm not, I'm not going that far. But the idea of I need to be cautious, I need, I need to pay attention to what's going on, comes to everybody's mind. It's no, no different for anybody. This is where Paul, excuse me, there's some speculation that Paul wrote Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is going, hold on. There's things making your tires not drive straight. There's pressure. There's things like the overspray from the semi that's making it where you can't see. Hold on to what you know. Hold on unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. Now, go back to that driving analogy. For those of us who need glasses, throw them aside, turn your headlights off, take your windshield wipers and just do away with them. And now you're driving and you really can't see. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can see y'all. Most of the time I wear contacts, but the doctor said I needed these. So I drove with them last week. God is faithful. Those things that allow us to continue to drive straight, regardless of what's going on around us, to, to know when to slow down, to know when to get away from the semi-truck, to know this lane is more rutted than that one, and I need to get away from all this water that's making it hard to drive. God is that. God is faithful. He's the truth that we need to trust in that keeps us from driving swervy. And let us consider how we may spur one another. All right, so this one, if, if I had a job in the church that was like, this is Tyler's job, spurring would be that job. Boy, does this sound fun. I've got the, the image in my head when I read Spur of, of the horse and the rider. Now, some horses, if you've ever ridden horses, are easy to ride. They, they, just, they just go. Some horses, not so much. Um, the horse that turns around and bites you is not fun. That's the one that needs a little spurring. We all need some spurring every now and then because there's, there's the horse that, that's easy to ride and, and you just go. A little bit of rain here, a little, little bit of rain there and the horse knows instinctively. It, it's in tune with that rider and it, it works well. And then there's some horses that, whoa! We're, we're like at the edge of the cliff and the horse doesn't get it. Like we have to stop. 
So spurring one another, each one of those, by the way, applies in the church. There, there are people who need a nudge every now and then. Hey, man, I'll, you know, let's go back this way. You know, language like that might, you know, <laughs> clean it up around the kids, those kind of things. And then there's people that you need to throw a wrench at. I'm not doing that today. We may spur one another on towards one another, the church, each other, taking, and and y'all, I'm going to get on a tangent for a second. The 11th commandment, thou shalt not judge, is not in the Bible. Y'all know that? Right. There's an element in the Christian faith inside the church where, where we do look at one another. Last week, our faith leads to action where we can correct and teach one another. That's okay. We do it in love. That nudging, that spurring, sometimes being the stubborn horse, you got to realize you need a nudge. That's the other side of that. There are times when Pastor Mike has to go, hey, dude, hold up a minute. Your heart's in the right place, but you all thrust no vector. we We got to shape you up a little bit. Um, Don't be afraid to be spurred. Recognize that we all need it. Don't be afraid when when a mature believer, somebody who knows the faith comes to you and says, hey man. And also don't be afraid to be that person. You have to know that you know what you know. But don't be, or maybe you don't and you can do it together. You can learn it together. But don't be afraid to say, hey man, hold up a second. Let's, What's the Bible say about this? Where's God want us to go with this? One another towards love and good deeds. Love and good deeds, again, faith leads to action. The the basic commandments, the greatest commandment to love God, love one another. It's right here. That's That's what the goal is. This is what we're spurring one another towards. We're not spurring one another towards contentment. We're not spurring one another towards anger and frustration, we're spurring one another towards love and good deeds. If you can't do that, don't spur. If it can't be towards love and good deeds, don't go kicking somebody where they need to be kicked if you're not kicking them towards love and good deeds. They might turn around and kick you back. Not giving up meeting together. All right, here we go, y'all. Meeting together. This is church. This is worship. This is fellowship. This is small group. We're getting down to the nuts and bolts of what this is about today. Meeting together is important. I wish I could explain it better than that. But the author said not giving up meeting together. That's pretty plain and simple. We can't give it up. It's commanded It's necessary. We need it. I drink water because my body needs it. The church is a body that needs to meet together. As some are in the habit of doing. That habit, what we we find important, where our priorities are, it's revealing. That's what the habit is doing. But that, 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 the fact that the author used habit there shows that this is not an idle warning. It's not, a, it's not a, hey, you might slip into this thing 
if you give up meeting together. It's, hey, don't give up meeting together, as is the habit of some. They're doing this right now. This is what it's costing them. Don't let it cost you too. Let someone spur you if you need spurring. Spur someone that needs spurring. And we'll come back to that in just a second. As some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another, encouragement is, is spurring. A little lighter uh, terminology. Instead of kicking, now we're you know, wrapping our arm around and saying, hey, hey man, come on, come on, let's go this way. Let's learn about this. Let's do this. Let's, let's do that. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's all that is. That, that's, that it's not the, the dig in the heels but it's a double down. It's the author going back to the same idea. To, to, this is important that we're here for one another. We're here to help one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, that day, again, that's what Isaiah was talking about, the, the end times, that the end of it, the millennial kingdom as, as Jesus returns. The idea there is as we see the day approaching is, it doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. There's no, no reason to give up on this. And anytime somebody like myself, Pastor Mike, stands up here and we say, don't quit, we say, D -d dig in, you know, keep going, there's this, this idea of how much more is there? When can I get a break? The idea here, y'all, is you get the break by doing it together. Life is going to keep going on regardless. You can't just quit life. But if you do it together, encouraging one another, helping one another, it makes things easier. It makes things better. We're made to function as a body. Paul wrote to... The church in Corinth, he was explaining how they're to function together. This isn't on the screen. I'm just going to read it to get read it to you guys. It says, "The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you." On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Y'all, we're made to function as a body. That's how, how we're supposed to work. We're supposed to work together. Each one of us plays a part that helps another. What do you get out of engaging your church, out of, out of being serious about that? The first thing is biblical instructions. We do this on Sunday mornings. We do this in small groups. It's 
How when we face difficulties in life, we face life decisions, we face hard time, God gives us instructions through these, uh, this, these environments to help us with that. These groups are where people help break down and, and, and give us understanding of what to do with God's Word. It's how we start developing relationships. We get accountability. Those smaller groups and the, the plus one idea of even smaller groups, the idea of, of being uh, connected and accountable to someone one-on-one -on -one time together. These types of relationships don't, don't foster that kind of growth without spending time together, without without linking up and learning about one another in an authentic and, and real way, letting down our guards a little bit. Y'all know what the church face is? Where you walk in that door, Pastor Mike and I are standing out there on front, and we say, good morning, how are y'all? Oh, I'm great. And you fought with your youngins all the way to church, and you're not great. <clears throat> Everybody puts on a church face. But if you get in a small group, and, and you show up at somebody's house, and you come in and you're like, <sighs> when you sit down in a chair and they're like, you right? And you're like, nope. No kidding. What's up? And, and it's somebody you know and you trust and you love and you've gotten to know one another. You, man, like, dude, let's go get coffee in the morning so we can talk about this. Just pray for me right now. Nobody's going to say that on the front steps of the church. Those small groups, that's where that happens. That's where we get that. And you get prayer here you get prayer in those, those groups of people who, who get together and know one another. We get worship. We're going to talk about this next week. We can and we should worship God. We need to do that outside of church too. But Sunday morning when the people of God come together, it's important because it helps us to learn to worship. It helps us to learn to worship when we're outside of the church. And, and let me tell you, I said something earlier about singing, and not everybody's meant to, to have a microphone in front of their face. Amen. Well, we don't say that much here, but that's one of the moments. <clears throat> when we all sing together, those of us who shouldn't have a microphone in front of our face can blend in with the crowd. Y'all laugh. I didn't laugh that time because <clears throat> I'm one of those. Um, but when we all blend in together, man, it sounds awesome. Man, does it sound awesome when, when, when 50 men get in a room and, and not one of them can sing a lick alone, but all together, you get this big, powerful sound. You add 50 ladies, and man, you got just an awesome, awesome experience. God loves it. And we learn because of it. Service is another thing that we get by engaging our church community. A way to give back to people, to people that we love, that love us, and community. Like-minded people doing things together. Life's better that way. That stronger city, that strong city, that's how we get that. How do we do those here? How do we do those here at Grace Community Church? Sunday morning service, obviously. 9.30 and 11. Our youth group meets uh, the, the middle schoolers meet during the school year uh, in the community room during this service. On Wednesday nights, we meet over in Kids Jam. 
There's Kids Jam itself for the younger kids. We've got the nursery. We've got the ladies group that's going to uh, the clubhouse next week or this week. There's plus one. There's opportunities to serve. Those things are here, but they're waiting on you to engage them so you can get these things. So the big question is, what do you do? I put these in the program for you. First thing is engage. Come to church. Second thing is buy in. If you're skeptical, we get that. Talk to Pastor Mike. Talk to me. Talk to Miss Amy. Talk to Miss Paulette. Talk to Chad. Find a small group leader, somebody to sit down and have some authentic conversations with, and we'll help you work through that. Connect with people. Dinner, lunch, hunting, fishing, campfire. Look, if, if camping, hunting, fishing, whatever it is, it takes you away from church every Sunday throughout that season, you might want to look at what you're doing. But there's a balance. You can use those things positively to build community with one another, to build authenticity with one another. For you to laugh at me, get tongue-tied. <clears throat> be open to advice. Be open to advice and don't be afraid to consider giving advice. If you have that within you, and don't try life alone. This life's not meant to be done alone. You need your church. I want you to think about something. Check this picture out. Take six to eight pallbearers to lift you up when you're deceased. Imagine what you can accomplish if you had six to eight people lifting you up while you're alive. The church is meant to lift you up. You are meant to lift your brothers and sisters in church up. This is principle number two. Rock solid. We're stronger together. And we all need church. Let's pray. Father, you've given us this wonderful institution called the church. There have been times where it's been difficult and hard, where, where people have heartburn with church, God, but at its core, as you designed it, it's a beautiful thing. So, Father, we just ask you to help us. Help us be the church. Help us love one another. Help us engage our faith and our church authentically. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Grace, have a great week. We'll see you next week. If, you, uh, if there's somebody who needs church that uh, isn't here today and you know about it, invite them.